Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Hilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mom Brain. Mom Brain. I'm Hilaria. Sorry. Ah, she stepped on (laughs) me. Welcome back to another episode of Mom Brain, where we can make any mistakes that we want to make and just blame it on the fact that we have Mom Brain. I'm just wondering, can it continue to have kids? It's because I never have to get it right. I can always blame it on the kids. Uh huh. For Uh, how long does that work? I think that well, I'm going to have kids for as long as I can. Um, but um, I'm I'm Ilaria and I'm Daphne. And today we have Alexa Von Tobel. Oh my goodness. This woman is not just hilarious and sweet and funny and everything you want in a girlfriend to go and chat about just everything going on in your life and and throughout your day and get relationship advice from and just be a normal person. She also happens to be legitimately one of the smartest people I've ever met. She's so smart. I learned so much from her. So much. And she, I mean... You know, set aside the sort of obvious successes she sold, she founded and sold her huge company, LearnVest, which uh, basically she, I think she sort of created to empower women with financial knowledge and to feel secure. I mean, I know for myself, you know, b- buying stocks, like I don't know what I what hello four hundred one k. Like, I there's don't even so get much, anywhere near that. Right? There's so much that you should feel comfortable and confident with, and she knew that women in particular were an underserved market in that way, and so she went out and she made this huge business as a dropout from Harvard Business School. She also went to Harvard undergrad. She's really smart. We're just going to say it again. <laughs> but but throughout this interview, what I'm brought back to over and over again is that she is a woman first and foremost and a great mother and a great wife and a great friend. And you're going to love so much of what you hear today. Absolutely. And one of the things I really love about her is that she teaches you things that you didn't even know that you needed to know. But then once she tells you about them, you're like, how did I live not knowing that? And stay tuned to find out exactly how many piggy banks your children should have. Mm-hmm. It's supposed, the number will surprise you. Unbreakable piggy banks, of course. Unbreakable. Mom, these com- just And you'll see this. This conversation goes wherever we want it to go. It's very random. Like, it's I have a random. feeling like I'm, gonna feel like I'm at a cocktail party. It, it, you that, it's exactly the vibe. That's what's like the genius about this is that we call it mom it's brain. It's literally so there's genius no and I've been living in mom brain. Yeah. No, there's no expectations. We have to start the expectations like on the floor with calling it mom brain. And then so anything is amazing that we do. I'm so excited. Now, can you do us one favor? Yes. Will you introduce yourself and say whatever you'd like to say about yourself? Sure. So, hi, I'm Alexa Von Tobel founder and CEO of LearnVest and author of uh, Financially Fearless and Upcoming Financially Forward. I have to tell you the book title that I want to write is called Lean Back, A Mom's Guide to Lowering the Bar and Jumping Over It. It's just like... <laughs> We're here with Alexa Von Tobel, author of Lean Back. <laughs> Setting your standards lower so you can leap right over them, so you can limbo right under them. <laughs> Drunk as a skunk. Isn't it such a good book title? I'm I love it. Jeez, like, yeah, I'm such a pun master. I love you, also. Cheryl. Sorry, just really, we got to lower the bar. Oh you know, but, but it just tells you a lot about Alexa that she has to throw that in there because she does just you know hobnob with Cheryl every now and then. Um, but that is so funny, and I'm so with you. I come up with the title first, and I like work backwards from there. Like, let's write. Actually, let's write. Right? Like, I want to do a show called Peeping Moms. Oh my god! <laughs> just like because I want to. Like, I'll tell you. So speaking of things that mom brains oftentimes go to. With my mom friends slash any woman that I see who I'm like, damn, like she has it together. Something is working here. I want to know everything. I get so voyeuristic. Right. I want what's in their right. pocketbook, what's in their uh, pantry, what's in their closet, in their duty cupboard, in their like secret hidden drawer. I want to know everything. And I feel like peeping moms. It's a thing. You got to know, you know. So. But, are we, but are we peeping with like permission or them knowing <laughs> or is this really like Daphne going in and being like I went to the bathroom and she's and like I going in and looking for medicine cabinet. just yeah let this be okay. I, just know just know lock your if, if you have Daphne over lock your doors to all the rooms you don't want her to go into unbelievable <laughs> I will say I will say that one, one of the funniest things so Clinton Kelly we would do these segments on the chew sometimes about entertaining um, and he his trick for avoiding exactly that which is un unsolicited, you know, snooping um, was he would line his medicine cabinet with marbles so that when you opened it, it just comes crashing down and he would, then he would go to the door and go everything okay? Oh, you're kidding me. It's too good. Stop it. It's too good. so good. One of his many genius. He also said that, uh, gosh, your breast should fall the equal distance between the top of your shoulder and the edge of your elbow. 
all of us should check. <laughs> oh, our breasts. Yes. I thought you said you heard his, his brush. <laughs> what? And this is a guy telling us this? Well, these are just did not to wear. I just did all of us oh, just yes, checked. Okay, okay, you know. okay, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, right. we digress. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I've got, I'm breastfeeding right now. I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that he didn't say where your nipple should point. He just said where your breast should fall. <laughs> um, so Alexa is pregnant with her third. We should say her second is six months old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine months. Nine, nine, months, months, old. Right. Nine, nine months. months old. But that is a really, really fast turnaround. And I'm so impressed because when I found out I was pregnant with my third and my son was six months old, I sat on the floor and I cried. It was also, wait, I want to know how you found out you were pregnant because <laughs> that was a, an issue for me because you know, I mean, once you're pregnant, like once or you twice, know. You, you know, and immediately, oh, really? I don't, I really? feel like I just blissfully I... walk right into a, a wall and I'm like, oh, I must Daphne, be pregnant. Daphne I'm disoriented like and pregnant, clumsy. And I'm not one of those women who like, you know, goes to the bathroom no, one day and has a baby. <laughs> no, I know right, aw- I know right away. And I, I kept on telling my doctor, I was like, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant and I would go uh, blood test, pee test, never, no. nothing. And then I was like, eventually, like a couple weeks later, I was like, you gotta, you gotta check me again. And I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. And I sat, actually, no, I peed on a stick and I sat on the floor and I just cried for like a solid 60 seconds looking at my, <laughs> n- my six month old son. And then I was happy about it. And then I look at Leo and I'm like, oh gosh, like what, if, what would life be like right. if he wasn't here? So I was driving and all of a sudden it was that wave of nausea that you only oh, get yes, when yes. you're pregnant because it's like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh, my goodness. And so I went home and took a pregnancy test and I was flying out the next morning at 5 a.m. And I wasn't oh. going to see my husband for oh. about a week and a half. Oh. And so I took it at like, of course, one o'clock in the morning as I was like finishing packing and it didn't <laughs> it, it's literally it just turned like full positive as I walked towards the test. Like, it wasn't even like I had to pee on it. It was like, you're super pregnant. Oh, my God. And I just walked in and I held it up. And my husband, this was like the perfect moment of our relationship because he was like, that's the best news ever. And I have like tears. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? (laughs) Because it's it's a lot on your body. I mean, your body is still recovering at that point. I'll have been pregnant for 18 months just back to back. It's amazing. It's actually twins would be smarter. Yes, like if yes. I was smart, we would have had twins um, <laughs> if I could have willed that um, because you're just doubling up. I'm going to do double breastfeeding. I mean, it's just the whole thing. Are you still nursing? So I'm done nursing. You're done nursing. Got pregnant. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll, it literally will have been like 20, I mean, 36 months. I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. Yes. I've been pregnant for 36 <laughs> months, <years>. everybody. <laughs> so I got pregnant breastfeeding all of my children. So that's a thing that can happen, even though people say that. It can't happen. Yeah. First time I thought it couldn't happen. I'm, I'm and I was mo- like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, let me I'm try a it again. I've been pregnant and or breastfeeding for six years straight. Um, well, it's the best diet plan ever because you, you look know. fabulous. Well, you know, you know what? what? Every, like, I'm sorry. What is Wait, it? Every... we need to revisit that statement. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, so I got pregnant with Carmen December. Oh, she looks, yes, Hilaria, the specimen of the century, <laughs> of, of looks fabulous. Like, the average person, <laughs> yes. and I'm just going to use myself as an example, does not look fabulous. Yes, Yeah, you can just come over and just make me do whatever you do because it it ain't not working over here. No, (laughs) you look amazing. You You do look beautiful. We were talking about her gorgeous dress also, which maybe if we put our little video clips up this week, you will see. But maternity fashion is something we should talk about too because that is something of a challenge. But back to Hilaria's program because it does work. Six total years. Well, I got pregnant with my daughter December 2012. So coming up. It's going to be six years. And then I got pregnant with Rafa when I was breastfeeding her and pregnant with Leo when I was breastfeeding him and then pregnant with Romeo when I was breastfeeding Leo. And so, and here we go. He's going to be six months tomorrow and I'm still breastfeeding. So here we go. My husband was like, so this kitchen is closed. He was like, and we are. That's what, the, that's what like, you say until, yeah, yeah, no, until you have the baby. And then all of a sudden something changes. Like I was like, I'm so done. And then now I'm like, maybe we I'll love, another one. We love kids. We love like, I mean, the the like joy of just the craziness. Well, they're also and, different also. You don't, yes, it's not like you so can, different. you know, tap out and say, oh, I've seen them all. You know, I, that's my thing is on the one hand, 
days like today where my daughter woke up with a nightmare at four in the morning and I had to be up at five. So it's that perfect time where like you're definitely not going back to sleep. So you just lie there furious that you're that you can't will yourself back to because she's up sleeping soundly right next to me, happy as a clam. Like, oh, <laughs> great. Love you, mom. <laughs> Love, you, Love mom. you, mom. And uh, and, you know, I, I am feeling like just completely worn down. And even on days like that where everything's crazy and you're exhausted, you still I wake up and I think. I would I would hate to miss meeting all the different iterations meeting and like you said what would you do what would your family be without Leo and 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 the dyna- the dynamic of kids especially you know all of us have had our kids quite close together and I feel like I grew up in a family where my parents had us every four almost five years and they did that very intentionally so that they could actually catch their breath for a second and have the oldest one in school before the next one came along. And um, I think that made it easier on the parents. I think it made it more challenging for us as siblings to bond because we were in such different stages of life. So it really wasn't until we got older that we really found that common ground and became each other's best friends. My kids entertain each other from morning until night. I literally I can sit back and watch them and they do the they are, you know, playing the voices and bringing out the dolls and doing the whole make believe and changing the game up. And they are each other's endless inspiration and I feel like it is exhausting but you're going to get so much out of having them so tight together that, that was totally our strategy and we were also like we were trying for a third it wasn't like this was a total surprise um, we just didn't think it would happen this quickly because you that's the other thing right like we just never know you never know if it's going to happen really quickly or take a year and a half and one, I, one of my friends one of my mom friends she has three and she said, you know, I decided to stop having kids when I looked around and I said, everybody who's meant to be here is here. And I always think about it. But now I'm like really looking and I'm like, is anyone missing? <laughs> is anyone missing? Is anyone missing? <laughs> My daughter right. thinks that, uh, uh, that a sister, right. a sister haunting. for her is missing. Total haunting. Now, you, have had, you have a girl who is how old? I have a little girl, Toby, who's three and a half and a little son, Cashel, who's nine who's months. Ni- who's nine months old. Do now having like girl pregnancy, boy pregnancy, do you feel like they're different or it's hard to tell because it was just like your first and then your second? It's also I'm so I mean, I'm sure both of you guys have been pregnant now at least three times and four. Um, it's so crazy. I'm so busy that this has been the knock on wood, like the easiest pregnancy totally. but because it's like I don't even I'm not even a human. On it, yeah. I'm like I'm like, oh, I'm like do I have like, you know, like a dart in my eye? Like I probably wouldn't <laughs> even notice. I'm like I was sick the other day, I had a fever. I just didn't even I was like, I think I have a fever and I took my temperature and I was like, Oh, I, I really do. Oh okay. I'm just like so crazy. But you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. I know, I know. And I you're know. growing a little baby inside. And but I do I totally sympathize. I think the first pregnancy, everyone's just like lavishing you with, you know, prenatal massage. You can Get, lay, take care you of yourself. Can lay down. Down when you want take to take a lay break, down. take oh a my bath. God, the those whole thing. The days. The, days. the second time around, I had a toddler when I was pregnant and so so sick and just beat down, just exhausted. The third time, I totally agree, was the easiest because the older two weren't off entertaining each other, and I was sort of like living in my moment and not really focusing on the baby. Um, in terms of the the the, the, the challenges, the growing the, baby, <laughs> right? But like the bodily aches and pains of, of and that sometimes lifting, go hand in hand. Lifting so many, I found the fourth yeah, one was actually the hardest up. for me. But he was really big. I married Alec Baldwin, who's really big. It was a genius idea. <laughs> and then we have like, giant babies, and I'm not even five foot three, so it was just like it was. You're so yeah, tiny. And, no, my last baby was eight two, and I had extra fluid surrounding him, so my belly was like gigantic. My back hurt for the first time. Oh my other pregnancies I'm like skipping off and everything's fine and then this last one like really but he, then I named him Romeo because he has to be like a little lover boy after everything he did to me <laughs> he's a little lover he is a boy, little lover boy. I, I will tell you by the way just because I feel like sometimes we give out our, our tips and what we do my back has always hurt really badly from pregnancies I, to a point where I think after Philo I couldn't you know when you would lean over and put them on the bed and you I, I should probably talk into the mic for you guys all to hear this <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm acting because you all don't know what leaning over a bed looks like imagine yourself leaning over a bed and I couldn't lift myself back up, and I've been seeing a um an uh a not a not acupuncturist a oh my gosh osteopath. Uh, osteopath osteopath and they do these minimal like it's called I think a, fa- a fascial adjustment oh, so they do like they just nice. yeah. it's so you do, it's nothing like a big crack like sometimes when they do that it, it totally terrifies me it's this very minimal just movement of the fascia and my back I tell you it's like completely cured it's crazy no. so osteopath well that I think osteopath. is the most genius way to move the body because you know when people are doing chiropractic which has which has a, a place and a lot of people love that is they're just moving the bones but then the fascia the connective tissue 
tissue shifts the bones back out of alignment again. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you move the fascia, if you work the fascia and you correct it, then the bones can settle into. I'm ready exactly to sign up for be. whatever you both are talking about. Really cool. Cool. We have that person on mom brain. It's so good. Yes, we need to get him <laughs> in here from Pennsylvania. Um, I want to talk to you because I think one thing that does deter people from having more children, even if they would like to, is money. Yes, <laughs> and and figuring out how to juggle. I mean, there's so many issues around family and money. Period. It's a can we afford this baby and and the things that we want to give him or her. And there, different people have different priorities. It could be organic food. It could be great education. It could be clothes on your back. It could be any number of things that you hold up as like we want to be able to provide this, and we need to think about that financially. Um, but then it, as the kids actually grow up, like allowances and do, and do you get paid for chores and all of that so you being the financial expert that you are and deeply in the in the motherhood space do you guys think about that at all? Do you think about how to teach your kids about money and uh, and how to, what advice might you have for listeners? Absolutely. So the first thing I would just say is I remember my daughter was like one years old and she literally ate like an entire container of organic blueberries, which was like, you know, five ninety nine or six nine. And I just remember sitting there and thinking, kids literally eat money. I'm like, oh. she's just oh. like eating dollar but they're bills. They're so cute when they but do they're it. So cute when they do it. <laughs> yeah. Um but so the I mean the punchline is that is one of the biggest stressors. Um we always forget that when we're in our twenties and like we actually go into this really fun part of life called dual income no kids. It's called mm. Dinks D I N K S. Dual income no kids. My sisters are in that phase. and you feel super well like I mean you're all in Tulum right now. You you're listening because you and I am about to tell you what's around the corner, which is you get married, you know, you, you figure out where you're going to live, which costs money. And then all of a sudden you have children and they are quickly little consumers of money. And so um, it tends to be a really stressful part of everybody's life, which is no surprise. And so I always try to lower the bar for people to just be like, you are not alone. Most of the country lives paycheck to paycheck. Um, but so um, for us, money is just something we love to talk about in our household and make it really matter of fact. And my little girl, Toby, has like actually six piggy banks because, um, of course, everyone's given me piggy banks right. for every single <laughs> gift possible for Toby. Um, but she's got one that's like it's I mean, it's it's like bigger than a basketball. Um, and that's for college. And she's got a medium sized one, which is for high school. And then she's got all these little ones and they're for cupcakes and for scooters and all these things. And while she doesn't totally, you know, we, we like fill them up and then we'll go to the bank and she gets a lollipop and it's like a bit of a ritual. But she's starting to really understand the concept, which is if you want something, we can't just go get it right now. Yeah. We actually have to put the money Safe. in the bank. Um So it's adorable and it's so cute and she loves her piggies and it actually is um, about the habit building that you really need to have for all of us. Now, one thing that I struggle with teaching my kids um, is, you know, I... It's the saying no when you go to a store and they're screaming for something and you I don't want to raise them to be, you know, spoiled and think that they can get anything at any time. I want to teach them the value of things, but I also don't want to shame them and I don't want to make them feel afraid of money. Because I knew I, I know that I grew up being very afraid of money, very afraid of spending anything. Afraid of not having it or afraid of Af- mo- like what I do just you mean? didn't know what to do with it. You know, like I was the kind of person I didn't have a credit card. I never had a credit card. I would just put like I'd get the money and I would stuff the mattress. I, exactly. <laughs> essentially, essentially, like I wanted to do just everything and like, OK, I'm going to put money and I'm going to take enough out to be able to eat and pay my rent and pay my cell phone bill. And other than that, I am going to live so simply because I was afraid. You know, I mean, I was a yoga teacher. Yeah. It's not like no, there's you know. security in that, that you want to be able to feel and see your money. It is weird when you think I mean, on the one hand, it's much more financially sound to, you know, invest your money and right. let it grow yeah, rather than have that. it sit in your mattress. But <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> it's nice to have it there. Yeah. You could flee the country at any time. <laughs> Alec would come over. Alec would come over and he'd be like, what exactly do you do for a living? I was like, I promise it's yoga and I declare my taxes and everything. I promise you. I just don't know what to do with it. It's huge. He's sitting on wads of cash. He's like, now we know why you married a lot. Secret saver. No, your point is so well taken, though, which is actually, however, the environment that you grew up with money strongly dictates your um, emotional um, association with money. So if money is very matter of fact in a household, meaning we talk about it good and bad. Kids think of it as a tool, and mm-hmm. it's not meant to be worshipped or ignored. Uh, ignored. If it's something where it's like we never talk about it, and it's like hush hush, what it ends up happening actually psychologically, kids are you know develop their own different like 
oh, money's not good. We're not supposed to talk about money. Um, Or if you're constantly fighting about money, that actually leaves deep stress in Mm -hmm. kids, which doesn't necessarily turn out, you know, well, right? So it's like either people are too obsessed with money, which is not a good thing either, right? We don't want you to be um, incredibly greedy or just super obsessive that that's the end goal. Because by the way, money does not buy happiness. We know that very scientifically. Princeton is actually known for the phenomenal studies they've done um, that after $75,000 of household income, actually money doesn't do much. So the real punchline is how do you use money as a tool? And I think it's really important, which is it's got to be matter of fact. You don't want to shame kids away from it. And you also don't want it to be such a topic that it's clearly driving so much motivation that people start thinking this is the end all be all. And Mm -hmm. that's our goal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just really about having sensible conversations with your kids and making it part of in the same way we talk about organic food or taking care of good hygiene it's hygiene which we, we have to all do it you have to brush your teeth and you have to see doctors and you got to take care of your wallet do you let your kids see you uh delay gratification or all like defer something you might want so oh. that they can model that um i love that you just said that because actually the marshmallow test um which is when you little kids you can say you get one now or if you wait till tomorrow you get two um so it's really about teaching. So to so the core of financial planning is about delayed gratification and teaching kids um, that if you don't get it right now, you actually get more tomorrow. And that is just in anything. I mean, you like both are so fit and you work really hard and you have great careers and that's because you delay gratification. And so the more you can teach people, hey, don't go buy the thing today, but you know, put it away. Tomorrow you can actually have more and two years you can have way more. It's really that muscle that you're building. So it's really about the habit. And that's what's so important is you're just micro teaching your kid about delayed gratification. So in the store, actually saying no is more important than saying yes or even giving them the money and making them do it. It's about teaching them, hey, if you say no today, next week we'll come back and maybe you'll get two um, if we do X, Y, and Z and really training that muscle. Uh, Philomena, um, you know, would... I, we've just she's four and a half she's oh she, she would tell you she's almost she is five. so cute oh she's my god so funny she <laughs> I, I have to tell you one of my favorite parts about being a parent is seeing how look look you you made these humans you birthed them or you've you've been raising them and you and there's a there's a egomaniacal part of you that thinks they're going to be just like you as a result they are so themselves and they're it's so, so beautiful themselves. this age is so much fun because they so just come fun. alive so in such a huge way and she has so much personality. But um, she fell in love with this necklace. It was $40. And I know as her mother that she's going to forget about it in two seconds, going to break it in two seconds. It's really it's too expensive for something that I think that she's, you know, that again, it's not a birthday present. It was just a thing. So I told her how much it was, which doesn't mean anything to her. The concept of $40 versus $5. She's just learning those concepts of math and what that actually equates to. So I said, I was like, look, you're going to get an allowance now. You're almost five years old. You're getting an allowance of $5 every week. And that's in exchange. There are a couple of things that we, you know, we talk about sleeping in her own bed and um, <laughs> putting her dishes in the sink. And there are things that are, you know, are, you are responsible for on your end and I'm responsible on my end for if you do those things, you get $5 every week uh, for your allowance. And if you save that for eight weeks, so again, multiplication far <laughs> beyond this late, this girl, but just the idea that if you save it for two months, then you'll be able to afford this necklace. And it was such an interesting thing because she for, she doesn't forget about the necklace. She remembers it in such a meaningful way. And it's really interesting to hear you say you don't want to put so much preference on money that it becomes an obsessive thing of like, I'm working towards money, money, money. But, but this idea for her anyway that she would earn something has given it so much more value and so much more uh, significance to her than it ever would have had if I just said, sure, like, you know, this can be your birthday gift or this can be your Christmas gift and we'll just get it early and you'll you know get to enjoy it now. Um, but I don't know. I, you never know how early it is too early to start with an allowance or I, you know, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I, she's my first. So she asks me questions sometimes and I'm like, I haven't <laughs> totally thought about it. I don't know. You know. Flying <laughs> by the seat of our pants. The number of my daughter asked me the other day, mommy, why don't whales breathe outside of the water? And I was like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I was like, um, it's because they're blue. And uh, and I was like, I have literally no idea. How and she, to will, and she will remember that oh, forever. Precisely. Rafa. So my my three year old has a wallet because he's, he's really he wants to like take me out for like my so coffee cute. and stuff like that. And oh, so I got him. Yeah, yeah. And the coins, I'm terrified of choking because I've got a lot of little kids and I feel like it's a, it's a fine thing to be terrified of. So I'm not I don't allow tiny things in my house. I don't so blame you. They, I, we got these coins. I found these coins that are like literally <laughs> like, like 
hundred. Yeah, no, they're like the size. They're bigger than a tennis ball. Um, and are they gelt? Like what are we talking? About? <laughs> There's some like little plastic That's thing. So cute. And and I wrote his name on the wallet, and he carries it with him. And like when we go, like every once in a while, I'll have them go, and we'll pick out a dessert for dinner. Like dessert is a big thing in my house. So yummy. Because they get so excited throughout so the day, cute. they eat really healthy, okay. and then they're allowed to have something at night. Yeah. And so we'll go nearby and to go to a bakery or go to the ice cream store or whatever, and they get to like buy something. Not every day, but we'll we'll do it um, from time to time. And he brings his wallet and he wants to pay for it. And he hands him like a gigantic plastic coin. <laughs> and then some of the so times cute. the people are like totally not kid people, and they're like, um, and I'm like, you better just take it and say thank you. Okay. So my husband is a fan of going out to dinner and putting his Metro card <laughs> just what? to like just to like mess with. Them. Oh, he doesn't have purpose. He doesn't have. Or oh, put like so your his funny. like benefits card, like his healthcare benefits card. So they never get out. They never I grow out him. of that. He's it's so very, cute. That's you know, so funny. So no, cute. but he takes it. No, Rafa takes it very seriously. That's He's like, so I'm, I'm buying this for my mommy. No, it's the sweetest thing. You're in the raising world. such a good future husband. That's I so hope nice. so. He's always. Well, that's like like Alec. When Alec and I first started dating, I would um, always want to split the check with him. Oh, this is which hilarious! Terrified me because we, we would go to like really fancy places, and at that point, I was like choosing between like lunch and dinner. Um, in terms of like, or sometimes I'd split in half. I mean, it was like really. I'm not a yoga teacher again. Yeah, no. But like, so I would take have my like little like red debit card because I had no credit card. And at the end of this meal in some like restaurant that I could not pronounce, I would put it down and be like pushed it towards him and be like. There you go. And he looked at me. He was like, no, this isn't going to happen. I'm a millennial. You know, we spit the check. I'm a millennial. No, you were fiercely independent. And, and you learned that money. And I, I think that's it. so. Well, I, you know what it is? I, so I think that there's, that. I think for women, you know, and getting into this whole Me Too era and stuff like that, I think there, at least for me, I was always nervous to not pay because then I felt like maybe they expected something. I was totally, I, yeah. I did not like people buying me a drink at a bar. Mm-hmm. Same. Totally. Because they expect some. Not everybody. Yeah. See, I felt like they should be paying for the pleasure of my company. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we love Daphne. Love There's a confidence that she has. <laughs> like, Daphne's like, all five of you can buy me a drink. Go for it. And, I have, and, and she has great boundaries. She'd be like, no, it was just a drink. No, it really, I mean, I was such a prude and like and embarrassingly so, but I also just, um, no, you know what? I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is. It was uh, again. John and I met in college, so I was a kid. It wasn't like I was out, um, you know, earning my own money, an independent professional. And then we were going on these dates, and I wanted to split with him. If I put my credit card down, I was, you know, giving my parents money to to yeah, exactly. you know take me out to coffee. But um, although I did get my first job at Rouge in Princeton, New Jersey, selling a sweater, selling many different things that I was trying to do so I could buy a pair of over-the-knee red leather boots from... Oh, <laughs> do you still have those, by I the way? I de- never bought them because I working at a retail store, I kept buying... Because you have a great discount. Oh. So I would buy all this stuff every week. <laughs> I would never actually walk out with a real any any actual money. I just w- was paying them to let me work there, essentially. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be sending you my book, Financially Fearless, immediately. <laughs> so, it's so horrifying. And at the same time, I am someone who, from a young age, always looked for ways to... to I don't know. It was weird. It was like I, I I got a very similar sense of security from being able to physically see money and have I ha- always had piggy banks. I always kept money in my wallet and cash. And I just there's something very physically um, empowering and, and nurturing to me about that feeling of self-sufficiency. But I will say that because John and I started dating in college, I don't think I ever went through that experience of I am. And now, obviously, I take home my own paychecks. I fee- but we share bank accounts, and this is something everything. else I want to talk about with you. We share everything. Our bank accounts are merged. No, I never even think. I mean, I do have a business account, and technically, my money goes into that first. But I never think about that as like, oh, this is my money, and your money is what you earn. Everything comes yeah. together. And I and I think the dates that I'd been on before John, I also was like. Again, no, you, I'm not splitting with you. You're paying for me, or this is the only date. This is the first and the last. Um, but but I, I think I think it might have been different if I'd been if I'd felt like a fully fledged adult when I was dating seriously. Um, and I'm really curious to hear about the now that we're married, and also even more so if we weren't married. If you're in a sort of a at what point in a relationship is it the right time to sort of unify your your financial belongings? Yeah. By the way, it's like how do you flirt with a financial planner? My husband, oh, we were like early days and. 
um, I was like, I actually, it's my turn to pay. Like, and he was like, honey, it's the same pool. And I was like, oh, this is the long game. I was like, he is all in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was so cute. But um, so Cliff and I, you know, basically as we were getting married, we were like 12. Um, we were so young when we started dating. And we basically had, you know, we both had jobs. It wasn't like one of us was coming to the party with like a lot more. Um, and our families were in similar financial spots. And so we were just in a position where we were like, let's just combine it all. And yeah. as a financial planner, I think it's so much easier when you see everything. It's just like otherwise budgeting when you I, I rarely recommend for people to have totally separate financials, because if you do, it's probably like there are signs of other big issues. Um, and anyway, so just putting it in the same pool and you just start to like one, you start to think of your life um, in the same direction. And there's a lot of science behind actually having financial goals together means you're actually working towards the same thing is like dramatically better for your relationship, your sex life, everything, because it's like we're trying to buy a home or have a third child or, you know, renovate the kitchen or go on that huge trip. And actually, it means you like visualize your life in the same direction. And those small things actually mean less friction every day. So it's also really good for your relationship. Oh, that's interesting that the idea being your trains are technically on two separate journeys, but you want the track to be aligned. Um, Absolutely. And really engineering towards that same And what goal. you're visualizing, like why are we working or why do we go to this thing? Um, another kind of big tip for little kids is when I go to work, I'm not like, sorry, Toby, I have to go to work. Mommy's got to go by. I'm like, Toby, mommy's really excited to go to work. I've got, because you don't want kids to also think that work is this like really negative thing that like is ripping you out of the, the family. I, I, you know, trying to teach kid good um, working habits is I'm like, mommy gets to go to work. I'm really excited about this thing I'm working on and I can't wait to come home to you at the end of the day. But having them not associate you leaving to work as being this, this really I negative lo- no, thing. I love that because, you know, what we talk a lot about on Mom Brain is mom guilt which I definitely have and I'm with what you just said but with what you just said I'm doing it all wrong so Carmen is very focused on that I when I work I am not around I'm somebody who I'm I'm around a lot but it's never enough for kids it's never enough and then also when I'm there I'm dividing my time amongst many tiny people as you will soon too um tips are welcome tips are welcome (laughs) i'm gonna send them to your house exactly come on over for a a zoo now i mean at a certain point once you're adding more yeah no i found after three after two even but i think after three it just is adding animals to the zoo like it's like no no difference whatsoever but i i'll say to she's like oh mommy i don't want you to go to work and i'm like yeah i know and even though i'm excited i love my job i'm excited to go i'm like yeah i wish i could stay home with you too because i never want her to feel like she's not important but then i from what you're saying, I'm giving her a negative view of work because she said to me, so Alec has a lot of like bowls of coins. He like collects a lot of things and they're not special coins. They're just coins. Um, they're just a bowl of choking hazards. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I think. And so she knows that he has coins. And so this summer she was like, mommy, I don't think that you have to work because daddy has a lot of coins. I've seen them. And she said, I'm sure if you ask nicely, he'll share his coins with you. And then I went to. Why some, do you need that? Rafa's got all his money. Rafa's you know, come Rafa's on. like five giant coins <laughs> paying for everybody. And the other day I was talking, and we, we went to a meeting at our school to talk about, you know, different like financial planning for the school and how we can, you know, help to get some new, you know, things going and uh, a yard. They want to they want to do the redo the yard. And I was she asked about it and I was telling about her afterwards. She was like, oh, now I see why you've been working so much. You've been working because you need to buy me a new yard at school. Like, yes, yes, that will be me exactly. with all my coins. All coins. I am going to buy you new. All these bowls. But their relationship—that's so interesting because kids pick up on everything. Oh. And so how? I, and remember, it's even the subtle things. It's the you know they they're they're really we're really wired to pick up on body language and tone and um and so just being really mindful to be like, mommy loves her job and I get to go do these really exciting things and I'm going to come home and tell you all about them. And so making it not that this I works think awful. I think that I totally agree with you, Laura. I was, I'm doing it all wrong. I am the person who, when she says, I don't want you to go, I don't want to go either. I, you know, I wish I could just stay here and be with you. It puts a preferential element on it of, 
of of one is more than the other, which is so challenging, difficult. Obviously, as moms, of course, one is more than the other. But that doesn't mean we don't love getting to go to work sometimes and getting to or even if you're not working, getting to do something that makes you happy, that makes you feel totally jazzed about life. And you bring so much of that passion and energy home then when you when you do get to return and that fullness. Yeah. And that feeling of being filled up. How do you contend, though, with that? With that constant pull of her, I mean, oh, she, it's oh my! She know. chased me to the elevator the other day, screaming, oh. "Hang on!" And I was, I mean, I it was one of those moments where I was like, "Mom advice, so easy to dish out until oh, until yeah. you're until you're like terrifying your neighbors with your toddler." Um, no, I mean, it's listen. I mean, none of none of us have it figured out. You know what, my people? I I just was on this panel, and they were like, "What's your like trick to work life balance?" And I literally said, "You have to love your job." It's just that simple. If you love whatever you go to, you figure it all out. Like it makes all of those like micro punches in the guts worth it. You juggle. You don't, you know, you wake up at four because you had to wake up at five anyways. And um, I really do. And it's a luxury to get to love your job. And it really is, you know, most of America doesn't get to go to work and totally love their job. But if you can at least find something about your work that is fulfilling or satisfying and feeds that EQIQ um, part of your your soul in in a bigger way, I really do think that's that is the trick to life um, because then you'll huff it, you'll do all the things, you'll figure it out. Um, and at least that's just the only advice I have because otherwise I'm, I'm I'm in the ditch too trying to figure it all out. Well, you're the friend of mine who I most reliably can say like, oh, she's, you know, we're seeing her. I'm seeing Alexa for dinner tonight. She's inevitably going to have been in Cleveland or Minneapolis, Minnesota, Missouri, <laughs> somewhere, in the, somewhere in the Midwest. She will have flown there this morning at 430, had like a day long of intense meetings, all your reports coming under you, and then have flown back at four in the afternoon and gotten home and put her kids to bed and then come to see me for dinner and you feel like this tireless energizer bunny but also that you are consistently making those choices of my day is going to be hellish but I'm going to prioritize getting to do it all and I and I don't mean that in a trite way because I think we talk about that sometimes here too of of what does having it all mean and having it all in that context was you got to be at the meetings you got to put your kids to sleep and you got to see your friends at the end of the day and that's I mean that's the dream, right? I, that's I, I feel like where's that's the where's the U time? Just exhausting. That's a, so so um, so I was just gonna say, and then you know weekends like this, um, we're literally it's like we're shutting down the fort. Like it's just gonna be family time. And we're gonna do. But where's the U time? Yeah, so, so so that's yeah. I'm like I'm working. <laughs> uh, I'm like there's the I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like ask me again. <laughs> Maybe it'll resonate. Maybe I'll <laughs> come me? up with something. <laughs> well, honestly, guys. So seriously, I have this like running ad in my head where it's like you finally get to sneak into the shower and you have one hand in your ha- hair and your and I'm like me time or it's like you're peeing with not another human sitting on your lap and I'm like. Me time, and it's really this it's ad. Reminding like, yourself Dove, of what you're doing. Up. Yes. I have the best mom Wait, ad. This is the greatest, and thing it's I've like ever the 13 seconds when you, I mean, you kind of know. Like this morning, I actually got dressed alone in my closet, and my daughter didn't take every one of my bracelets and like build a pile that I'm like inevitably tripping over. But this like concept of just micro me time, where it's just micro like, me. But but it's being but you're you're hitting on something that's so important, and we're laughing about it. But it's being aware of when you get of it. When you actually get it because it's the same thing I have a picture of all of my children actually no that's not true three of my children and um, when I when those were all of my children like trying to get underneath the bathroom door as I'm peeing and somebody takes a picture of out and they're like literally like peeking underneath and they stick their fingers underneath as well and even when I just see the fingers I think about that I'm like I'm alone in a room. I'm alone like there's it's definitely days luxury. where I like snuck it's, into it's, like a closet and I was just like I'm going to pretend like I'm on a call, but I'm actually hiding Um, or hiding go seek. I'm like, let's play it. Um, But it really like it's a full blown should either be an SNL skit. We should like get Tina Fey to do it or it's like a Dove commercial. And it's just like me time and it's kind of dark but it's also I, no, but see, that's kind, what, kind that's of amazing that's moms everywhere would like come out of the woodwork can I tell you I think that they really oh I'm I will be the first person in line to watch the movie I really feel like there is a dark comedy like the scary movie equivalent uh, it would be <laughs> so me time and it's when like moms just lose their 
<laughs> I'm going to get some me time today. <laughs> like, like, just... So, I mean, like, I now, like, love a solo cab ride. I'm like, oh, it's, oh are you my kidding God? me? No, it's no, like a my luxury. Favorite. <laughs> how, about, how about traveling for work by yourself? Oh, she's oh. never alone right now, though. I'm oh, going true. to that Tokyo. True. I'm going to Tokyo in, like, three weeks, and I'm literally like... Oh my God! It's like I'm 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 going to Tulum. Twenty year olds, that's Tulum <laughs> in your future. Twenty no, hours alone on a plane. When you're pregnant, when you're pregnant, you're never, never alone. alone. And that's what I always feel like when I'm pregnant. It's like you think you're alone, and then you feel like jab, or like all of a sudden you have to pee or something. You're like, see, see, never alone. It's like impossible weird. at this point. I was the weirdo who. Uh, I, that's my almost my favorite part. I loved the fact that I could take the my pee? baby with me everywhere. Oh, and yeah, the pee, was, the pee. No, it's nice, yeah, but then, but. Don't you have the moments where you're like really happy that you can take your babies with you and then there's the moments where you don't want to take your baby but with when you. When they're inside, I never have to worry about them. I'm yes, like, it's oh, much easier. Yeah. You're just Except the everything's pain. working. Yes. <laughs> yes, everything's working. But solo flights, oh my gosh. Heaven. I'm like I'm like put me in coach. Like multiple movies. But no, it's it is it's absolutely I, I will sit in the middle seat in the back of the plane. I will get the most amount of work done. It is my my favorite mobile yeah. office. I feel like I that's something else I you know I do a lot of traveling now back and forth we moved the family down to Florida um, and are having a little adventure down there but I'm inevitably back in New York every week for work and uh, you know I try to limit it to a day or two but it's it's one of those things where what's allowed me to do is be a hundred percent on when I'm away so I, I jam the entire time on the plane I'm getting all of my stuff done I work the entire day and night that I'm here I go home and then I get to be a hundred percent mom mm. in a way that's very liberating because I found that when I was trying to have everything all at once was when I was never satisfied with either side. I was like, I'm missing work opportunities because I'm trying to be present and actually sit at the dinner table with my kids or actually get to cook their meal with them. And, um, and enjoy this time of us being together. And I'm missing mom time when I'm trying to, you know, just get make sure that I'm not completely being delinquent in, in every other responsibility that I have. So that has actually ended up working well for me. And, and the travel has been the most efficient it's, part. Yeah. By the way, me time peaks when you like pull out a magazine. You're like, really? Or the paper? How about, like, <laughs> have you seen and, this new Netflix show though? Fats, fat, salt, acid, something. Yeah. Down, no. So Netflix now allows you to download onto your phone. You can watch it wherever you are. That is dream. Me time. That is, that is me time. Um, Alexa, I want to keep you forever and have this be us time forever and ever. So Thank you so this much for like, coming I'm on. Like, this is heaven. This is your job. This is amazing. Talk about loving your I job. Know. And last request, we do a fun thing here where we uh, give everybody the one thing that's changing our life this week. It could be a product, a thing, or something you read, like whatever. Um, sometimes it's beauty, fashion, Tell us the one thing that's changing your life right now. Oh, my gosh. So, first of all, I'm really obsessed. I have this, like, hair mask that I'm... <gasps> and also, Tell it me feels everything. like me time. Oh. I put it all yes, in, it and then my daughter literally is like, get out of the shower! <laughs> and I was like... What's the timer? How long are you supposed, supposed to have it on? It's supposed to be 10 minutes, and I was like, <laughs> I have been in here for 32 seconds. <laughs> but it's like, if you make it for a full hair mask, you are winning. What's it called? Winning. I should know. It's literally, it's like a Caritas jar. And you'll send us a picture. Just, yes. See, I, I was wearing my Korean face mask when I was making the kids breakfast. <laughs> and my son was like, <gasps> mommy ghost. <laughs> mommy <laughs> ghost. Just tell him it's like, still no, Halloween. Just, just wait till I take this mask off. <laughs> then you'll see what mommy ghost My daughter's like, put your hair down. No hair I know. I was No like, hair up. Yeah, you got to do it all. All at once. Three, they don't like when you look different. Yeah. No hair They get very, No glasses also. I'm like, mommy can't read. I'm like, mommy literally needs it. No. Me time. Okay, so we need, we have a good hair mask. We got some me time. And thank you. you. Thank you so much. You guys are so cute. This is heaven. Um, You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a fact. That was Alexa Von Tobel. So happy to get to chat with her. Elari, what, what were some of the things that you took away that you just were surprised by her that you're sticking with well one of the things i loved that you taught me was that i have been telling my kids that work is really 
tough and I don't want to go. Yes. And uh, to be quite honest, I love my job because this is, you know, my job. It's and, fun. And it's fun. And we get to girl talk and we get to hang out with all of you guys. But I'm always afraid to make my kids feel like they're not important. So mm-hmm. I, when my, my kids say, Mommy, don't go, I'll say, oh, yeah, no, I wish I didn't have to go. And I wish I could just stay with. And then part of me really does want to stay with them all. And then part of me is like so excited to go and do this. So I love that she says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm so excited to go to work. I'm going to learn all these great things. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I can't wait to come home and tell you all about it. So I am going to start doing that. I think that was genius. I'm with you. I'm going to start as well. I feel like that was such a critical. It was a light bulb for me of you are you're tricking your kids into thinking that work isn't fun. Work is amazing when you're lucky enough to do something that you love and be with people that that just feed you in so many ways. I, I, I don't want to have to give that, which is why I haven't. I've made that choice. And I don't want my children to think that I'm going, that I'm choosing to do something or choosing to be somewhere apart from them that I don't actually want to do. Because, you know, that that would be that. I mean, that's a choice that some for some people, that's not a choice or a reality every day. But for me, it's a choice. And and that, you know, I feel like is so important to 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 let them know that I make I, that I choose to take myself away from them because it's something that's really good for me and that I bring a hundred percent of myself back to them as a result. Correct. You know, and it's one of the things that I've struggled with in some of our past conversations here on Mom Brain is that when people just say like, "Oh, well, just don't have mom guilt," and I'm like, "That sounds good. I don't know how to do that because every single time my kid is screaming, I feel bad." But I think that this is going to infuse a little bit of that for me to be able to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to combat my mom guilt by telling, by showing them, by having it be a really great teaching moment for them of like, hey, mommy picked something that she really enjoys doing. I'm going to go do that and I can't wait to share it with you. And now it's time for our favorite things. I feel like we need a jingle. time for our favorite thing. Yes! So wait, can I tell you about one a favorite thing that I'm like so excited about right yes. now? So I just found out, and we'll go into this at another time, but like the quick thing is I just found out that I am allergic to a preservative in a lot of makeup, shampoo. It was essentially in everything. And for the first time in my life, I started to break out over the past couple of years or like have to like deal with more high maintenance skin. And um, and I'm one of those people that if I have like one thing, I'm like thinking about it and I'm sure that everybody <laughs> is staring at it. Um, and so I went and I got allergy tested and it changed my life, completely changed my life. I had to go through, it was very time consuming. I had to go through all my products. I had to learn what phenooxyethanol is, um, which was took me a really long time to pronounce it. I hope I'm pronouncing <laughs> it right good. because I'm doing it on air. Um, but I, I mean, it, it completely changed my skin. And what I thought was just hormonal and everything ended up being something that I was just making myself allergic every single day. So, you know, going and learning what is in your products in a way that I had never thought of before, because a lot of these, you know, products would be like, oh, well, this is like a high-end brand or this is expensive, so it must be good. And you put so much faith in them mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I completely, it changed my world. And to realize that actually some drugstore brands work better for my skin rather than something that you're, you know, spending $50 totally. on or something that is so expensive for, for some makeup. Well, yeah. And I think that's, well, I'm curious two things. One is what are the brands that are you're loving now that you find are clean? But yeah, absolutely. That's the most frustrating thing is when you go and you spend a ton of money on something that people swear by and they, everyone loves it. And you find out the only reason it's working you think you're paying for quality, but you're paying for this weird, conco- this like potion of chemicals that is, are preserving you, mm-hmm. but not in a way that I think is healthy. Well, what's interesting as well, they'll be like, no parabens, no this, no that. And they'll say all these things. You're like, okay, that sounds good. Sign me up for right. that. But then at the very end, you see all the things that's preserving the product. And that is the problem. So I learned so much about it. And then in terms of, you asked me the question about in terms of which ones are working for my skin. That's the other thing is that like, you know, X brand can have a really great powder for me, but I can't use their foundation. Got it. Got it. Um, or so no you know, I can use the mascara. There isn't now. what okay. I mean. There's some that are like super like Namaste organic that have literally like no preservatives in them whatsoever, and those ones obviously would work. But you know, I mean, I'm somebody who I I walk you know a line between you know my Namaste 
side and then my, Practical. you know, I'm wearing <laughs> heels and, you know, hair and makeup ready for work side. Um, and, and it's a balance that I do. And that's just what I'm doing right now. Who knows where I'm going to be in 10 years from now. But that's what I do. So, you know, I mean, I don't all my products that I use are not, you know, all organic and everything, but it is interesting to use products that work for my skin. It has been life changing, and I love my skin. I ask my husband a million times. Um, like, I'm like, "Don't you love how my skin looks?" And he's like, just rolls his eyes at me, like, "Stop speaking right now." Five minutes later, but look how glowing I am, um, and it just makes you feel confident. It makes you feel so confident. I also feel like skin to me, well, let's put it this way. It's one of the first things I notice. One line in particular that I feel like I'm really obsessed with and they're super natural, but I find are still highly effective in terms of what they promise to do. One is Tracy Martin. Um, It's Martin with a Y-M-A-R-T-Y-N. So so look her up. It's, it's expensive. I'm not going to lie. It's actually more expensive than than I even necessarily think that it needs to be. But it's part of that's because they do so much research and so much. They put so much R&D into creating these products and they are so clean, but still super, super um, uh, you know, effective. They have all different kinds of I found them because I wanted it. You know, I'm trying to stave off Botox as long as possible. And I keep coming back to it and thinking maybe just a little like, but I have to wait until after I'm done having babies and all this, whatever. It's a longer conversation. But the point is I was turned on to their, um, I think it's called a a firming serum that they have that everyone swears by. And then another line that I love is Tata Harper. I love. And look, like, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're the ones that I feel like I'm not compromising when I'm choosing a clean product for my, and think about this, your, your skin is an organ. You put product on it every day, sometimes twice a day. You don't want to be lathering on or slathering it with really toxic things that your body's going to absorb. I mean, think about how much lipstick you eat, let alone what your face is bringing and drinking in. So um, if all the places you're going to invest in beauty, I actually think starting with your skin and having that be something that glows and you feel confident about actually goes a long way. And then a slick of mascara, a nice little rosebud lip and you're done. You're good to go. My obsession right now is um, it's called Trophy Spray, and it's by a hair company called R&Co. And it's a shine and texturizing spray. So a lot of texturizing sprays I've tried are um, – I feel like I'm breathing really heavily right now. I'm just like having a day right Wait, what is texturizing okay, spray? so here's the deal. So a lot of texturizing sprays will basically give your hair kind of a tackiness that allows different – that allows your different strands of hair to – To style. To, to hold their shape but also to kind of – it's almost like they're purposefully making your hair – a little bit knotted or like a little bit um, like strands of it are interlacing and becoming a web so that you get more volume so that it holds its form so that it separates and it's PC a little bit. You know, when you just brush your hair, it's a kind of like fluffy mess. This, uh, you know, a lot of texturizing sprays will help to piece it out and make it a little bit more, um, give it a little more movement and give it a little bit more uh, more um, texture that way. However, I find a lot of them to be tacky, and and I don't mean in the like nineteen seventies way. <laughs> I mean sticky and uh, unmanageable, and also a lot of them draw very very drying to my hair. Um, and a lot of them you know, sort of like a sea salt spray type of situation where to give you to give your hair body and texture. This one is it's not glossing, but it provides a beautiful shine. I found, and it also gives my hair again that um, where. If I get my curls done and I want them to be a little bit more separated, not like tight pin pin um, curls, I can pull them apart a little bit, spray with this hair uh, with this uh, trophy spray, and then they hold this really pretty kind of undone tossled look. I'm I'm big into like Which big I sexy feel like hair. You know? I, I'm, and then I, that's how you know before we started recording, that's what I just said to Daphne. I was like, your hair is always so sexy, and so now we know how. <laughs> So my guess my product was just go get allergy <laughs> and hers was some sort of texturizing spray. All of that right here on Mom Brain. Thank you guys so much for listening to Mom Brain. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. We, we were cackling a lot on this end. Um, and thank you again for all of your great emails. We love hearing from you. We read every single review and every single email that comes in to mombrainpod at gmail.com. Um, and keep telling your girlfriends and, and your guy friends, you know, we, we love, we love our dads. We love our dads. We love. And it's so fun, actually, to hear from the range of people who are listening to this and getting a lot out of the conversation. So so make it a listening party um, or take us on your walk or take us on your commute and uh, swipe up. No, don't swipe, don't swipe up. up. Don't forget you know, to rate. Don't forget to rate, to review, rate and review and subscribe and swipe up on Instagram. Okay. This is Mom Brain with Hilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group production.